JTEC Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Bastak and Mike Jacobs. And welcome back, friends. It's episode number 14 of America's Favorite Game Show Podcast. Tell them what they've won. I'm Tom Bastek. I'm Mike Jacobs. We are the Game Show Guys. Thank you so much for joining us on our 14th episode today. We are doing the American Gladiators. Dude, I'm so excited. You know, for those who don't know, we... Mike and I don't really plan out ahead of time. Maybe every once in a while we'll say, oh, next week, let's do something. But we have a conversation normally Wednesday of the week and say, hey, what do you want to do this week? And I saw American Gladiators in one of my searches that I was doing. And I was like, dude, I would so want to do this. And I was so glad you were on board. I was (laughs) immediately on board. Uh, And I, I will say this is probably about as far from the traditional game show format as that I'd be willing to go. But when you brought it up, there was no hesitation that, oh, yes, we are absolutely talking about that show, and I'm so excited. Yeah, I don't know if if fringe game show is the right word. It's definitely not traditional. It's not traditional. In in its way. But it is is a game show in that there are prizes and there's points kept, and it's more physical than it is cerebral, but... Yeah, I, I think I think saying it's a physical game show is is perfectly fine. It doesn't need to be a test of wits to be a game show. All right, uh, do we have any business we got to clean up before we go to the news, Mister Christian? Indeed, I do. I got two uh, two quick things I'd like to address. First, from our corrections department, uh, it okay. uh, turns out the Joker's Wild uh, when it debuted, it was alongside the new prices. Right, they were both on the same network, so it was not up against it. Uh, as oh, far okay. as as the you know, we made a big deal about it. Uh, winning out against those and and it was not against the prices right it debuted with it uh and also it seems we've we've struck quite a nerve here um we may have gone a little harsh on joker's wild on our uh rating system uh i don't necessarily disagree there were a lot of people that thought that we maybe went a little too low for such a classic show um from my point of view the only way i can justify it is i don't have that uh nostalgia looking back on it and to me it was just a very uh uh, gimmicky bland approach to a show again you know we rated it over halfway good i think that's not terrible um but uh, yeah i'm sticking by my rating yeah at the end of the day it's just our two crappy opinions that's also very (laughs) true like who are we why you know (laughs) yeah you guys are really hard on i'm like uh yeah Yeah. man i i'll also tell you i hated Beavis and Butthead. There we go. Man, I loved Beavis and Butthead as a kid, and I rewatched it, and it is like unwatchable. It's so dude, bad. it's coming back too. Oh well, we'll see what they do with that. Anyway, speaking of coming back, uh, it's time for us to bring back our favorite news guy. Are you ready? All right, let's bring in Christian. Light up your cigarette, crack open a beer, put the kiddos to bed. From chaos around the world to carnage in your burial front yard, it's time for the news. Thank you very much, Tom. This is the news brought to you by Buzzerblog.com. The entertainment world and the world at large are, of course, mourning Regis Philbin, who passed away last week of natural causes at the age of 88. For three decades, he welcomed millions of viewers each morning to the desk he shared with Sarah Purcell, Cindy Garvey, and most famously, Kathy Lee Gifford and Kelly Ripa as the co-host of the talk show uh, AM Los Angeles, eventually becoming the live series. In later years, Regis would become a household name to a new generation of viewers as the host of the U.S. adaptation of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, as well as CBS's Million Dollar 
particular password. Game show fans may also remember him as the host of The Neighbors, a gossip-based daytime game show that aired on ABC in the mid-1970s. It's one of the best hosts ever, and uh, I miss him already. Do we know a definitive cause of death? I've heard natural causes. I've also heard a heart attack from some sources, but so I heard heart disease. Yeah, the consensus so far seems to be natural causes. Gotcha. Yeah, it's all it's all together. It doesn't really matter what the reason is. That's At the true. end of the day, we all miss him. Hats off to him. We love you, Regis. All right, Christian, go ahead. Leah Remini is heading to Game Show Network. The actress and writer will host the network's new game show, People Puzzler, inspired by the celebrity magazine's crossword puzzles. The series will debut in early 2021. Each episode sees three contestants try to complete the magazine's crossword puzzles. The first to finish it plays the bonus round for a chance to win a cash prize. Crosswords on TV seems to work out half the time. You had a show called Merv Griffin's Crosswords a couple years ago that was pretty boring, but then shows like Scrabble, which we covered a couple weeks ago, uh, take that formula and uh, make it really fun. So I'm interested to see how this will go. I definitely want to check it out. I love love crossword puzzles. All right, Christian, what else do you have for us? Well, two game show juggernauts are back in production. Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are returning to their studios to tape new episodes in the coming days. The shows, production of which were put on hold at the start of the coronavirus pandemic, will be sporting new COVID-friendly set redesigns, though it's not immediately clear what those redesigns will entail. On a previous episode of our podcast, we discussed the possibility of the podiums on wheel being separated to maintain social distance. Jeopardy's contestant desk uh, does have built-in partitions to protect the contestants' private screens during Final Jeopardy, but no word yet regarding whether viewers can expect those blinders to be in place throughout the show. All right, so let's be honest here. Those really would not be COVID-like screens. Like, they are barely preventing the other person from seeing what they're writing. <laughs> yeah, little known fact, for the first four seasons, those were N95. So, we'll see, <laughs> <laughs> see how that works out. Bring those back. Go into the <laughs> I just want to bring up, the, the, again, for the second time on this podcast, that Christian knows somebody who recommended they color code the pins in the wheel for Wheel of Fortune so that nobody spins the wrong, like grabs the wrong one. I love that idea. God, I, I do think too. it's such a good idea. I, I doubt they'll do it, but it's such a good idea. Now we had it first. We're we're gonna we're gonna trademark that crap. All right, what else, Christian? Speaking of millionaire, game show gamers can take delight in the release of a new edition of the iconic quiz show. The production house Microids has announced that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire will be released for Nintendo Switch in North America on November 17th. The game features classic hot seat gameplay as well as a party mode and a battle royale that pits 100 players against each other in a multiplayer millionaire online trivia battle. I am so excited for that last part. You have no idea. That is so cool. Last part sounds really cool. I'm also intrigued by the party mode, but, uh, and maybe this is my old man showing a little bit. In my experience, video games based on game shows are not that great. Now, again, my experience is like remote control and win, lose, or draw on the NES. So, that you know, they may have made some strides since the 80s, but typically I feel adaptation video games are not that great. I, I mean, I don't know. Christian, what's your thought on this? I think that it's a mixed bag. Mike just happened to mention the two notoriously horrible. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, but there's not, win, not loser, the draw. Ones. Listen, win, loser, draw for NES is like using a extra sketch with only your thumbs. It's the worst. <laughs> but then there are some. 
<laughs> but there are some really good ones. I think Wheel of Fortune for NES is a classic. Jeopardy for NES. I mean, any Jeopardy video game. Yeah, I was going to say, the Jeopardy iterations answers. are pretty solid. Yeah, so the, yeah but, I, but they're okay. They're just slow, you know, because you have to type I, them I, I also want to just cut in and say that, you know, games that aren't necessarily based on other games are also pretty good. So it is possible to do a good game show. If anybody wants to tell me that you don't know Jack is not an incredible game show, video game then you're on drugs no i'm i would not argue against that i love the you don't know jack games i'm saying specifically adaptations of existing properties which by the way they made a tv show of you don't know jack i I never saw it but i remember it existing oh my gosh it's so good with paul rubens as the host it was incredible oh Oh, it's so much fun it lasted for six episodes and they taped it a few years before they aired it actually it only lasted like a month and a half that was i loved that show that was so much fun I want to check. Well, that we're out. gonna we're gonna go down that rabbit hole at some point. We're gonna do a whole episode on just video games and game shows and how they relate both video games that came from game shows and also video games that are game shows that could be a television show and in this case actually came to truth. <laughs> Stay tuned for the one hundred thousand dollar Cubert. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I sucked at Cuba. I would All watch right, the hell out of that. All right. Well, uh, Christian, what do you have for us this week in game show history? Well, this week in game show history, we are going back to the distant time of 2002. That was when the newest version of Lingo premiered on Game Show Network, hosted by Chuck Woolery, who uh, hosted a lot of word games in his career between Scrabble... And he still looked good in 2002. Oh, he, he sure looked did. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Chuck Woolery. God. God, me too. You know... Politics aside, he's just an awesome host. Uh, um, but we talked about it the other, last week. It was, I mean, we get it, we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was great on this show. Lingo uh, again, the word game, sort of based on the old board game Mastermind, where you have to figure out a five-letter word given the some of the letters and trying to figure out their positions. Um, it lasted for a few years on GSN. It's actually a revival of the original Lingo series, which started in 1987 and lasted for a year, hosted originally by Michael Reagan, who was uh, President Reagan's son. Um, he wrote a book and was uh, left the show a year later and left the creator, uh, Ralph Andrews, to host the second season. Um, that lasted for a year. Game Show Network for a few years, but a huge hit in the Netherlands, which, I, if I'm not mistaken, it is on to this day. Um, and they do it five is, is days a week. Is that like David Hasselhoff being a big hit in Germany? <laughs> it's exactly like that. As a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah, David Hasselhoff, the original host of Lingo in the Netherlands. But... Oh, no. <laughs> But, but you know what? Going back to what we were talking about regarding game show video games, released in 1993, one of the rarest Game Boy cartridges is Lingo. It was released in Europe, a very limited run, but uh, that game still fetches a couple, a couple hundred, if not a couple thousand on eBay. Wow. Wow. Look at you breaking out the video game knowledge, Christian. I love this. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm multifaceted. <laughs> so, I knew, I knew so we brought good. you on for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week, man, the featured game of the week is American Gladiators. American Gladiators is awesome, and I remember watching it in reruns when I was little, not knowing what was going on, but just enjoying the spectacle of it. And there's one particular set piece that's stuck in my mind and still in my mind to this day. <laughs> And I wonder if either of you can guess what it is. I have a feeling it. That's might right. Be it's the, the tennis ball gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I thought it was the big balls that you got in and, and rolled around and try to get up onto the little platform. Oh, those are the other ones, though. The hamster balls. Those are iconic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. But I always wanted one of those tennis ball guns. That's, that tennis that's, ball that's gun. My dream Amazing. game show prop. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, Can I mean, you buy I, those? No, but you could basically just make a potato gun and stick a tennis ball in it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole because I'm gonna order one. <laughs> it has to be around somewhere. So, Christian, uh, do you have a favorite American Gladiator? Well, I think my favorite it's probably a tie between Zap and Turbo. Those are like my two favorites from nice. the Tur- Man, Turbo. Strong, I love it. Well, Mike and I will I'll talk about ours later on. Uh, thank you so much for the news. How about a quick plug for BuzzerBlog? Of course, BuzzerBlog.com, the number one game show website in the world. Whether you're looking for casting information, information on new series, or a little bit of game show history, come to where industry insiders, casual fans, and hardcore game show fans come for news, BuzzerBlog.com. Christian, thanks so much, man. My pleasure, as always. Thank you, Christian, for the news. Michael. Yes, sir. You ready to talk gladiators? I've, as we mentioned earlier, I've been ready to talk gladiators since Wednesday. Yeah, so exciting. All right, well, let's take a break real quick. and we come back, we'll do gameplay for American Gladiators. You're listening to America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. And if you know that music, you know it is time for American Gladiators. Such iconic music for the 90s, at least for me anyways. Like it, yeah, it just brought me right back as soon as I heard it. Uh, well, and and speaking of the music, they actually uh, released this on, uh, there's both a CD or cassette of it. I would, I, as a cassette collector, I would love to find a cassette of this. Uh, <laughs> there's one online right now. It's sealed for $10. And when I first found it, I was like, that's it feels a little too much but now that i'm talking about it again i might go buy it <laughs> i think that'd be a great part of my collection i mean would you we wouldn't keep it sealed though you'd have to open it up oh and no listen I, to it, right? I would absolutely open it up and listen to it that's the point of buying cassettes uh but it's it's got like maybe four or five like you know classic like rocky type songs um we will rock you by the by queen i was gonna say the queen god uh hit me with your best shot by pat benadar stuff like that but then it also has all the actual music from america's gladiators including that theme song uh and all the different like um event songs and whatnot and uh, yeah I'm, I'm probably gonna buy that as soon as we're done talking here personally i'm i probably am a bigger fan of jock jams than i am of of that but well you know i I mean, Jock Jams is not great, but uh, at least it's like a full compilation of actual music as opposed to American Gladiators, which is like four songs and then the music from American Gladiators. But that to me has a more endearing quality to it than Jock Jams. I would pay $10 for a sealed American Gladiators, the album, but I would not pay $10 for a sealed Jock Jams. No, oh, that's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. All right, let's talk gameplay. Yeah, and that's where we're at. Not not music, gameplay. Uh, so you know the 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 real discussion of the game is the individual games that they play against the gladiators. I'll give a quick overview of how the whole thing works, but I really want to just dive into the games because that's where all the fun is. But obviously. Well, and, and I think, honestly, Mike, we should probably set the stage first. So imagine it, for right. those who have never seen the show, it's an arena. Yeah, it's an it's a basically an indoor sports arena. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of got to see it to understand. But, you know, if you just go to, you know, I'm sure anybody's been to a big gym or some manner of indoor sporting thing. But the thing is, the, the middle where all the action takes place is very modular. They can take stuff out and put stuff in so that the, each of the games work. So there's not like any one uh, orientation. You know, it's not like a track and field thing where there's a track on the outside and a pole vault here and that. It's... You know, uh, almost like in Double Dare, how they they change it up, uh, the order of the things and 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 how they're oriented and things like that. Right, right. Uh, but the actual gameplay is each episode would be uh, two women and two men competing in a series of these games that we'll get to in a minute against the gladiators. Uh, and the gladiators are uh, the sort of, I guess, <laughs> hired hands of the show that are trying to prevent the contestants from winning. Uh, and Man, just they are all so '90s. I don't know. Do do you have a particular favorite one? Well, I I think I liked Nitro the best. Uh, uh, he was one of the absolute originals. Um, the guy was an old football player. I want to see USC played for or whatever. I think but, a lot of them were. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I just I just to me those guys all seemed really cool. Like you really wanted to be one of them. And then when they would like help the contestants up off the mat. And like yes. give him a hug, like great job and whatnot. I was just like, there was so much cool, camaraderie man. in that show. It was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so cool. Yeah. Um. So uh, to me personally, the name Tower I think is the best name. Uh. <laughs> but Malibu was the one that I always liked best because to me, the all the others are like interchangeable. You could put the name Tower on any of the gladiators, and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh. But Malibu had like an uh a style to him. He was like a surfer dude, and he always was doing the like hang loose chaka bra hand and pinky symbol thing. <laughs> Uh, he, and he like always tan and the like long, like curly blonde, blonde flowing hair. locks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, to me, he's the most, uh, uh, identifiable. Of them well, all. I, I will, I will tell you what the names always made me laugh. Absolutely. Um, the, there's so many great names on there. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, right around that time you had, uh, or it was an 86, I think running man. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got, I, I've got the, the list here. I'm going to throw out a couple of names here. All I want you to do is tell me, uh, is it a running man name of, of a stalker or is it a gladiator name from American gladiators? Okay. Uh, so I've never actually seen running man. I'm familiar with it, but I've never seen it. So I don't oh. know if that's going to make it easier or harder. I like, think it would probably make it harder because these characters are pretty memorable on running. At least they are for me. I've seen running man like a hundred. Well, times. but I mean, it's to the point of movies. if, if it's something I haven't heard of, then chances are it's a gladiator, but there's a ton of gladiators and there's no way I know them all. So yeah, let's absolutely do this. All right, so here we go. So the yeah. first one is Bronco. Bronco. Uh, I got to go with Gladiator for that one. Correct. Correct. All right. Uh, next is Viper. Uh, Gladiator. Correct. All right. Next is Fireball. Stalker. Stalker, indeed. Ooh, man, I'm good at this. Next is Dynamo. I got to go Gladiator. Stalker, actually. Oh, I was thinking it wasn't menacing enough. Next is Tank. Tank has got to be a stalker. Gladiator. Dang it. <laughs> Captain Freedom. Captain Freedom is a stalker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I play, play, uh, by the way, played by. Oh, I have no clue. Jesse Ventura. Oh, the body. He ain't got yeah, man. to bleed. Yeah. Really, really. Oh, just, just watch Running Man this weekend. You're going to love I'll, it. I anyway, will absolutely check it I out. I got one more. One and that's more. Jazz. Jazz is a gladiator. 
Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Not are, bad. The reason my my rationale for that last stalker one because uh, the Captain Freedom is because mm. it was two words, and right. I don't know that there's any two word gladiator name. As a matter of fact, there isn't. I looked okay. through the entire list today. Um, what's really cool is there's a great website, and I highly recommend you go to it, uh, gladiatorstv.com, I think. Uh, but it's it has all the gladiators from all of the series, the classic ones, the revivals, uh, the UK series, and the American ones. So, nice. Uh, uh, very cool. Yeah, gladiatorstv.com. I just happened to have the, uh, the uh, 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 profile for Malibu pulled up. Um, nice looking at those gorgeous <laughs> locks right now <laughs> you know the funny the funny thing is the, the names were not always that good like before they did it like and you'll get into this in the history about how it kind of rebooted itself uh-huh like about six months in but like some of the original names dude ready for this dominoes yeah uh well uh, uh sunny was one yeah so sunny stayed though sunny like dominoes did not stay well okay, willie sure. willie was willie. the original name wow. did not stay <laughs> yeah. uh, go go figure it's not um, very intimidating when you're like, come play American Gladiators. Your contestant is Willie. Yeah, here it is. is Laser, Nitro, Zap, and Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work. Uh, anyway. Okay, so so um, also one other thing on the Gladiators. There was a Gladiator who actually was deaf, and that was uh, the female Gladiator Siren. Mm. Uh, actually had to take her cues from the refs and the other gladiator, the Gladiators visually because she was deaf. Sure. And, and, you know, saying that, it, it makes sense. Like, you know, that seems like it would be a would not be a hindrance to um, the ability to play this game at all as long as you've huh. got the visual cues. Uh, to know when to start and things like that. Yeah. Also, I feel like Siren is an appropriate name for a deaf gladiator for some reason. Well, I think it's more. I think it's more Siren as in the Siren's call. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That I. I. I don't know why that feels appropriate, but it no. does. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yes, the contestants are facing off against these gladiators in a series of games, and uh, you get a certain number of points uh, in each game depending on the outcome and depending on the game itself. Like, for example, uh, in uh, Powerball, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, you would get uh, one point for getting an easier score and three for a more difficult one. Uh, the the oh, I forgot what it's called now. The one where you're hanging from the the rings. I think it's maybe just called hanging tough, something like that. Yeah, something um, like that. You would get 10 points if you won, but five points if you survived the whole time. And that's kind of a common thing is just surviving. You get a certain amount of points, but you get more if you actually win. Yeah, um, like the, in the, we'll talk about each individual game, but my favorite, one of my favorites was the maze. And that one, I never saw them make it out of the maze ever. Oh, well, yeah. And because there were, I think there's four gladiators in the maze. And again, yeah. this arena is not huge. So you can't build that big of a maze. And if you've got four like just monstrous people in there. Good luck. <laughs> Though they're not allowed to chase you in the maze, so I guess that was supposed to be an advantage, but you're not getting past them anyways, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, you you get turned around. Some of the guys slid by them because they've got like little blocking pads. Yeah, right. They, would, they like, can kind of push at you. By, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite was always Atlasphere, the one where they're in the big uh, like sort of metal cage ball. Oh, the hamster balls. Yeah. Yeah, man. exactly. And they have to like roll around and like get up on a little pedestal and score, and then the smoke shoots out to indicate that they actually did it. That right. Right. One. 
so yeah, the, uh, some of the other popular games uh, we had Breakthrough and Conquer, which is where basically you got to like wrestle past the gladiator and then essentially score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wall uh, that was another one that lasted for the entire run, but that one actually did not. Uh, it was not in the initial part of the first season like you mentioned earlier they rebooted and we'll get into the, more to that later uh but that the wall did not show up until uh after the reboot that was just like a climbing wall where they would they would you get like a 10 second lead and then they would sit the gladiator after you who would go up and try to pull you off right, the wall you get, right you just pull you down right exactly right. Right. uh and then joust was the uh popular one one of my favorites uh with the giant q-tips and they just got to knock each other off the balance beam yeah, the pugil stick fighting, man. I've done pugil that. It's fun. Yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. Uh, assault, which is the tennis ball cannon one. You've got to pick up guns and run through an obstacle course and hit a little target above the gladiator while they blast you with tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Powerball, which I mentioned, there's two gladiators, and then you grab uh, like a basically a little like one of those outdoor four square balls, uh, and you got to get it in one of several targets. Uh, they're like little trash can looking things uh right. if you get it in one of the two easier to get to ones it's worth one point like i said and then there's one in the middle that's worth three points the episode i was watching it was two points for the outside and three for the middle i don't oh, maybe know maybe it was yeah uh, i don't I, know I if that changes or not who knows yeah yeah and, and there's there's little tweaks to all this stuff that we're talking about all the way through, yeah so. it, it, it uh, kind of evolved as it went sure um and then finally this all of these games uh you know you, you lead up to the eliminator which is just a giant obstacle course um you know again similar to the double dare uh and obstacle course but much much more difficult uh and this time the contestants are facing off against each other instead of the gladiators it definitely reminds me like of the american ninja warrior course reminds me a lot of the eliminator course that is yes that is a perfect frame of reference if you're familiar with american ninja warrior or uh if you've seen uh, ultimate Beastmaster on netflix um, same same kind of concept. It's just these like really grueling physical tasks to get through. Uh, as I recall, and maybe it wasn't always in the same order, but I always seem to remember it starting with the you have to run up a steep hill while a treadmill is going in the opposite direction. Opposite direction. I and it's say, like yeah. that. I I would immediately be out. I there. I could not do that. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm doing a lot of this. I would like to do uh, some of the more ground-based strength games because i'm a big dude and i feel like sure i could i could body check most of these guys out of the way you know yeah i i think i would be all right at maybe like i would love to play powerball i don't know how i'd actually do but I, mm-hmm. i'm not as big a guy as you but i think i've got a stockiness and you yeah know, i can i can probably but those gladiators are just monsters every one of them i would well, not stand a chance so yeah, i would want to play against someone my size yeah, but here's the thing. None of them are t- super tall. Like, there was only one guy that was over, like, 6'1". Well, no, tallness is not necessarily what I'm getting after, but they're all way stronger and more yeah. muscular. And They're all built. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, I'm eating McDonald's twice a week. What am I going to do with against oh, these people? McDonald's, dude, I haven't had McDonald's in years. Oh. Well, I, haven't, I haven't had it recently with all the uh, lockdown, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, then uh, the the way the Eliminator worked, there was two actual uh, sort of scoring processes for it. The original idea was that it was just um, 
you were timed and both contestants contestants were scored on how they finished. So in theory, someone who was in the lead going into the eliminator could just absolutely tank it. The person in second could finish much faster than them and get enough points to sort of close that gap. Uh, later, they changed it to where whichever contestant was in the lead when they got to the eliminator would get a head second. I mean, a, a head start uh, with a, for a half second of every point in the lead that they were. And then it was literally just the first to cross the finish line. It was just a race. Um, and so that obviously gives you more of an advantage if you perform better over the course of the game. And, uh, you know, if you, you there was still the possibility of the person in first faltering significantly and, and getting overtaken. What were the prizes given for the winners, Mike? Well, so the each season was like a uh, almost a story arc uh, competition, a tournament, if you will. So each uh, episode, uh, you would the winner would progress to the next uh, step in the competition. You know, the next round, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, all that kind of stuff. Kind of like American Ninja Warrior, where they go to like semifinals, regionals, yada 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 yada. Uh, sure, I'm not as familiar with uh, the structure of American Ninja Warrior, but. Uh, something like that. Yeah. So over the again, you you know, a winner would eventually come back to the quarterfinal rounds and if they win their semifinals, all that kind of stuff. Uh, quarterfinalists were guaranteed at least two thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, runner up uh, got five thousand dollars and then the overall winner got ten thousand dollars. I do recall over, sometime over the course of the week reading something about they initial or they later dropped those runner up and quarterfinal prizes. But then I tried to find that again and I couldn't confirm that. Yeah, and I also saw something that said that at one point uh, the final was up to twenty five thousand. Well, and again, you know, with all the and the, the the format of the tournament changed as, as far as how many people were entered at the beginning and all that kind of stuff. The again, you know, take our details with a grain of salt. As we've said many times, we are not experts. Um, these details vary from year to year, versions of the show, all that kind of stuff. So, generally speaking. You know, we're talking about the breadth of the show here. So, yeah, prize, prizes may vary uh, with the version that you're watching. So the, as far as gameplay goes, like I say, it's all about the different games within the show. Uh, the show itself is just how you do in these games. Yeah, a lot of fun, though. Uh, and they would have professional football, um, you know, announcers uh, come in and do like the play by play. And well, and a lot of the contestants were at least professional sports players in some regard. Like a lot of people maybe were uh, like semi-pro college players or minor leagues. Uh, they had a couple people who had professional football careers. Um, you know, they are not attracting uh, me. Basically, no. like I, my, my concerns earlier of how I would do in some of these games, it's a moot point because I would never make it on the show. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a break and we come back. We're going to talk about the history of American Gladiators, uh, basically how it got started in a manure pile by an Elvis impersonator. What a story. I know. <laughs> it's coming up next. You've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they want. Welcome back. Segment number three of episode 14 of America's Favorite Game Show Podcast. Tell them what they've won. I'm Tom Bastek. I'm Mike Jacobs. We are now talking the history of American Gladiators, September 9th, 
1989. That is the debut of the series. Uh, created by Johnny C. Ferrero, who definitely needs to be mentioned because he is involved in the entirety of the show and the reboot later that we'll talk about. Uh, he is the the mind behind this. Uh, also a man named Dan Carr, who did a lot of the recruiting and uh, the uh, casting of the gladiators and whatnot. Yeah, interestingly enough, when Dan Carr originally you know came up with this, uh, basically he was putting on a quote-unquote working man's Olympics for a iron worker picnic in Erie, Pennsylvania in the seventies. Wow. Um, and then he got together with this promoter who was an Elvis impersonator, uh, <laughs> named Johnny Ferraro. If you can believe that I can, I can believe that. <laughs> and Ferraro was impressed with, uh, the turnout that he was getting. So they put together and they shot a pilot that was literally done like at a place where th- that had had a rodeo in it. So it was like, there was horse crap all over the Ooh. place when they shot this thing. So, wow, that's and, pretty and, hardcore. And these poor and these poor gladiators were like, and these were like the original like six gladiators did this pilot with him. And I remember reading something where they were like saying, "Okay, so this dude dressed like Elvis comes in after we just do a show and a big old pile of crap, and <laughs> says I'm going to make you a star," and we're all like. Yeah, yeah, whatever, okay, buddy. sure. Good luck with that. And then he made him a star. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Iron workers too. Like what a what a great way to to start it cuz those are the, those are probably some hardened people. Some hardcore folks, man. Yeah, Holy yeah, mackerel. For sure. Yeah. So, uh the initial uh debut of this, we've mentioned this a couple times. The original show was quite different than probably most people are used to. Now, it's the same idea of the competitors fighting against the gladiators in these little games. It's really the packaging of it. They were leaning in really hard on the concept of gladiators. Um, so, we ha- first of all, we have Joe Theismann as the host for this first half, which is a pretty big pull for for this kind of show, if you ask me. Well, and the sad, sad part, he didn't last very long. He lasted like only halfway through the first season, then he was gone. Yeah, again, when... When that reboot came, it it totally transformed. Um, but the the arena at this point was made up to m- look more like a you know Roman gladiator arena. Like if you've ever seen the movie Gladiator, um, you know I, I actually I'm, I'm fairly uh, studied in ancient Rome, and it's it's pretty accurate. Uh, and that would give you an idea of the the concept that they were going for with this show was that they really wanted it to be a gladiatorial arena uh so much so that they had the uh referees in like medieval executioners outfits yeah it was weird man it it kind of you were yeah it kind of looked like almost medieval kind of thing right and uh so they this is another thing you may have seen in gladiator where they do the thumbs up thumbs down so like the example i saw was uh during the joust the gladiator took his hand off the uh what'd you call it pugil stick it's a pugil stick p-u-g-i-l pugil so uh he takes his hand off it and uses it to uh finish pushing the contestant off the platform after he'd already lost his balance so uh you know that's not allowed in the rules so they they call a foul or whatever and then it goes to the executioner to give a 
thumbs up or thumbs down whether or not he's disqualified from the match because of that. And that's a thing they actually did in ancient Rome, but the thumbs up and thumbs down was to indicate whether or not they lived. So, like, by Whoa. giving that gladiator a thumbs down in a actual gladiatorial arena, he would have been executed on the spot. <laughs> that's that just scared me. I can't believe that people got off on that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I, it's so weird to think about. But, I mean, they, I, you know, it's carried on today in boxing and UFC even. It's that sort of same idea of just watching people beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But I think they maybe realized they went a little too dark with it. Uh, and like we've been saying, halfway through the second season, they just gave it a total makeover. Uh, Theisman is out. Um, and, I, man, I didn't make a list of any of the hosts because I don't know them. I'm not a sports guy. If you know any of them, I'll let you fill that in. Um, as far as I know, they're all just kind of football people. Yeah, Larry Zonka was one of the guys that was in there, which mm -hmm. he's a very well-known football player from back in the day. Um and they even had like the Zonka cam where he would come on with with like the animated like, you know, on screen chalk where he could draw right. like you'll see that Bob came through the thing here and gave a nice move to, you know, Nitro there, you know, that kind the of sort thing. of analysis. Yeah, it was yeah. it was very it was very interesting. Gotcha. Uh, one other thing that they did or that they said they were going to do before this reboot happened in, in halfway through the first season, the idea was that a winner of the competition would become a gladiator. Uh, nobody was ever actually awarded that prize. So my theory is that it was supposed to be the, like I say, the overall tournament of the season prize, not just for winning an episode. Um, and then when the reboot happened, um, I keep saying reboot. It was just a, a reskinning essentially. But when, yeah, when they I, did that, they totally abandoned that idea. So again, nobody was ever actually awarded that prize, but that was, that was supposed to be the idea was you were competing to be a gladiator on the show. Yeah, that that would have been really cool. I would have liked to have seen that. That's that's like when one of yours makes it. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, it was it was I I didn't enjoy the Joe Theismann one as much as I enjoyed. Well, and and to be honest, I don't really remember the Joe Theismann one. I really remember the the reboot of it with the everybody's wearing red, white, and blue. Yeah. It's a very you know patriotic. And that that's the thing. one that's the one everybody knows. Uh, I the as well the that initial one with Theismann. The it was way more wrestler or wrestling, you know, WWE, WCW, that sort of thing. Uh, the the gladiators were all like, you know, coming on on screen being interviewed like Mean Joe would interview the the uh, wrestlers um, and, you know, talking trash to the contestants. And I'm going to bring you down next round, buddy, and stuff like that. Uh, and that all just they they got rid of all that, which personally I think is the right move because this show needed to have a clear distinction from wrestling because it's such a close uh, parallel. You know, it's interesting, too, because apparently when uh, Dan Carr originally pitched this out, I, I want to say it was Foxy pitched it to. Uh, the idea was that Vox would only buy it from him if they scripted it all out, if they had more trash talking. Like, they made it exactly like wrestling. And because he felt like he really wanted it to be more realistic and not scripted at all, he said no. And he turned down a, a huge buyout for it Smart uh, man. And, and waited. And Smart I, man. I think... 
I think that was the right thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. Wrestling already has that avenue. I mean, at the time, you had both WWF and WCW. Um, right. I mean, and now, obviously, you've got more, like, niche factions and whatnot and, uh, you know, companies or whatever here and there that are more uh, minor league, I suppose. And so, you know, WWE is the big boy in town. But sure. even still, like, to this day, nobody's going to make – you know, a new show that has such the same concept as wrestling and keep it th with the predetermined outcomes. You know, there's just no need that that market is saturated. So I absolutely think he made the right choice by saying, no, this needs to be an actual competition. Right. It, also, this is when the, uh, of course, famously sponsored by Armatron on-screen clock started. Not a huge change to the show, but for some reason to me, that really stuck in my head. And we were talking about this earlier. I only knew the name Armatron because of this show. Uh, I When I looked up their watches, I recognized them. But, I, I mean, I'm not a watch guy, really, so I would not have recognized that specifically as a watch brand. Um, but, yeah, if you just said Armatron, I would have said, oh, yeah, the clock on American Gladiators. <laughs> 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 That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but this was obviously, you know, like we say, it's the one everybody knows to this day and is by far the most popular and longest running version of the show. Ran for many, many years. Uh, also uh, brought in a spinoff um, from 94 to 96, hosted by Ryan Seacrest, actually. Uh, it was called Gladiators 2000, and it was a children's version. It was sort of the same concept, just for kids, uh, which, if you remember Nickelodeon's Guts, uh, think of that as the sort of, uh, you know, uh, jumping off point for what Gladiators 2000 is. It's American Gladiators. Nice. I've never guts. seen it. I'll have to go down the rabbit hole and check that out. Oh, point. man, it's such a great show. There was Guts you know, and the... then later Global Guts, and yeah, such a great show. I'll have to check it out. Very you know, the similar. funny thing is, is it, it then devolved rather quickly. It sure did. Um, and it's funny because this was uh, when around when reruns started on initially on USA um, later, like way later after the shows were canceled. We also got them on Spike and ESPN Classic, which all three of those just sound like perfect homes for this show. Uh, but the reruns were running on USA at the same time as the the live shows or not live. But, you know, what I'm saying new episodes were, were running. Right. Um, and in shows we've talked about in the past, reruns often being that popular are able to save the show and keep it running. But uh, it basically, I'll let you talk about what happened to the show in 95. Well, what was really cool is they did take it on a 150 city tour. And right. basically they made rock stars out of all these, these gladiators. I mean, like if you had a chance to run into them, you ran into them and you can hear them. There's, there's articles out there. I think uh, SI did an article, a real behind the scenes article with a bunch of them. And that's uh, sports illustrated. Uh, so check that out. But they, they talk about how, like, they were invited to all these parties in Hollywood and they met all these famous people and politicians and just because, like, everybody was a big fan of the show. For but sure. what happened is basically is after the tour was over, they decided to tweak it a little bit and turned it into a dinner theater, basically. Yeah. It was uh, American Gladiators Orlando Live. Mm -hmm. It debuted in 95. And uh, it, it held 1,300 people. So instead of like medieval times, you'd go see American Gladiators. Sure. Which, to be perfectly honest, uh, it goes back to that original idea of doing a gladiator arena from ancient times. Like, just go watch people beat each other up. Yeah. <laughs> and have a, sl a sweat, as they said in the uh, article I read, a sweat-splattered meal for 39 out of 5. Ugh, man. <laughs> I mean, I got to be perfectly honest. If you were to say, hey... American Gladiators live dinner theater is coming to Atlanta tomorrow. I mean, obviously not right now with all this COVID business going on, but I would be on that in a heartbeat. 
Oh, dude, I, I definitely I think I'd go. I think yeah, I'd go. I'd go without even thinking about it. Well, even if it didn't include dinner, I think I'd go. <laughs> for, for sure. For sure. Uh, Maybe but, it's time for another reboot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, that that uh, that dinner theater ended up being the sort of death knell for the show. Um, it and I mean, you kind of feel bad for the gladiators that are being on top of the world and then now are in some cheesy Orlando dinner theater show. Like, what a fall from grace, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, May 11th, 1996, it gets the chop. Uh, and it's, uh, interestingly enough, uh, American Gladiators and that children's spinoff Gladiators 2000 both end on the exact same day, May 11th, 1996. Farewell to uh, what will be the, in my opinion, best American Gladiators iteration. But, of course, not the only. Uh, in addition to many, many, many uh, international versions, uh, including the British version, which is still very, I don't know, to this day, but it, it has been popular for much longer than the American version was. So much so that uh, people often think it comes from there. Yeah, you know, the funniest thing is I think the, the, the country that's had the most success with it is the country of Sweden. They ran forever in Sweden with this. Thing. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so, and then in America, uh, as some of you may remember this, from uh, January to August of 2008, we did get a new version of it. Uh, not very long, obviously, uh, but a total reboot. Uh, they brought back all the uh, old classic shows and the, you know, the whole concept and all that. They did it pretty good justice. Uh, hosted by Hulk Hogan and uh, I believe it's pronounced Lila, L-A-I-L-A Ali, which is uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter. Uh, so, you know, uh, pretty good host there, if you ask me. Yeah, funny enough, the uh, the referee for the show was a gentleman by the name of Al Kaplan. He was a former American League umpire. You may know him from Dodgeball, a true underdog story. He was the ref in that. <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Good for yeah. him for keeping up a career after that. God bless him. God bless him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I say, did not last very long. Uh, it was out by August of the same year that it debuted. So one one season. There was an announcement back in 2018 that it would be returning uh, for the 2019-2020 season. Obviously, things are uh, all in uh, kerfuffle right now. And so there's not been really any news on that front that I'm aware of. We might want to check back in with Christian at some point about that. But uh, apparently it's coming back at some point. We'll have to see if that just got scrapped totally or if they're just pushing it back or what. But it's supposedly around uh, hosted by what Seth Rogen, I think I remember reading is the plan. Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, Seth, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um, oh, as huh. executive producers. Sorry. So, oh, yeah. okay. Well, we'll see what happens with that. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, they could do it. I mean, it, Lord knows there's a lot of copycats out there between what's the rock show, the Titan Games. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. You know, an American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I mean, Ultimate Beastmaster. And I mean, even to yeah. an extent like Wipeout and Holy Moly and things like that, the, you know, it's all the same sort of concept of. Uh, physical-based game shows more than Battle of Wits. Yeah, especially, especially if we get to see people wipe out, which is the best part of the whole thing. Yeah, and, well, and you know what I will say is, uh, you know, now that I'm reading the the Evan Goldberg as executive producer, I trust him with this. I love his show, The Goldbergs. Um, he, I, I think he and I have a lot in common, and he does a very good job of capturing that vibe of the 80s. And uh, I think he, uh, more than most, would, would do a new version of this show justice. All right, Mike. Well, let's do some ratings. All right. Are we rating out of gladiators? <laughs> Zaps. Yeah, I guess. Uh, how many gladiators? Are you gonna, yeah, I guess gladiators. I, mean, I don't know what else we're going to use. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say Zaps or Towers or whatever your personal favorite name is. That's what, that's okay. what we're rating out. So I'm going to go with Towers. Right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it three Towers. Solid even three. And I realize that means that I like American Gladiators better than Joker's Wild. And maybe that's blasphemy. And this is why I hate this rating system because comparing it to other ones is really, really difficult. Especially with such a different show that this is. But man, these games are so much fun. I bet you could recreate 90% of them in your backyard. Um, I, it would be so much fun to be on if maybe the Gladiator was uh, more accurately uh, stacked against me. I'm not playing against some giant beefy person. Um, but it's just such a fun show, and it's an American staple, and doggone it, I love this show. Well, once again, I am not voting a uh, rating as high as you. I'm going to give it 2.75 nitros. And uh, the reason for it is I would give it more, but I, I, I don't know if, it, if, it, if I have the same love for it that I had before. Um, I definitely do like it better than Joker's Wild. I'll be honest with you and, and say that um, because it, there was a little bit of that nostalgia for me that I do remember watching this as a child right. and enjoying it a lot as a child. But now there's so many other things that are so similar to it. I'm kind of like, I, it's been kind of played out for me and I'm therefore over it. And you know, Mike, the funny thing is we'll get to episode 20 what we'll do is we'll go back and we'll do a rating of the the, the, the 20 shows and we'll do a 1 to 20 rating so it'll be easier because okay. then we'll be rating them directly. Like a top 20 I, in comparison exactly. to each other. I'm down with that Again, for sure. In comparison. Yeah. And that's something that we could do you know, over and over again as we continue to do these casts. For sure. Uh, one thing I do want to say about why I would rate this show higher than Joker's Wild, and I mentioned this that my, my in my justification for why I rated Joker's Wild low was because I don't have that nostalgia factor. This is sure. one of those shows that I personally refer to as tomato soup and grilled cheese show. Which, you know, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's comfort food and warms the heart or whatever. But specifically for me, there were times when, like, I don't know, my parents would be going to some work event for my dad or just going out for a date night or whatever. And I was kind of dinner on my own. I would always make a grilled cheese sandwich and a bowl of tomato soup. And I'd sit at the little black and white TV on the counter in my kitchen and watch either. I remember it was American Gladiators. It was wrestling. Maybe it was... uh, um, Hercules or Xena, um, but there's just this like collection of shows in my brain in my brain that I refer to as tomato soup grilled cheese shows. This is absolutely one of them, and that association in my mind will always make me rate this higher than maybe it actually deserves. No, oh, I like it. Uh, I like the idea of a tomato soup and grilled cheese show. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all the time we've got for today. Yeah, and a special thank you to Christian, of course, all the folks at Buzzer Blog, and uh, all of you folks for tuning in, listening to us, writing us, and giving us those corrections. Uh, I will always read out corrections department stuff when we get things wrong. Absolutely. Tune in again next week when we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of game shows, as well as a brand new featured show, too. And and remember, as always, you can catch us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website, tellthemwhatthey'veworn.com. Please subscribe, share, and like, and drop a review if you like what you heard. And if you didn't like it, Saber is coming for you. <laughs> All right, Mike, I'll see you next week. Bye, Tom. You've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast, Tell Them What They've Won, a JTEC audio production, copyright 2020. No part of this podcast may be reproduced by anyone without the express written consent of the creators. For more information or to contact us, please go to tellthemwhatthey'vewon.com.
Okay, Mike, what did you learn this week? Uh, I learned that the people who upload uh, 90s era television with the commercials still intact are doing the Lord's work, and I thank them for their endeavors every day because it's so much fun to watch these shows, but then the commercials come on and it's just like, oh, nostalgia overload. I love it so much. I just wish they would do a little bit better job of like adjusting the tracking on the VCR that they're dubbing it off of because it's like awful a lot of times. All right, nerd. What'd you learn? <laughs> Uh, I learned that uh, a lot of stuff gets started in a manure field with an Elvis impersonator and before it gets its big break. It's, it just seems like sometimes the, the humble beginnings of these shows are just so small and then all of a sudden they just get a break and it goes boom. And to be honest, I just can't wait till we get ours. <laughs> well, I got a manure pile if you can find an Elvis impersonator. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, God. Copyright 2020, a JTAG audio production.